Dom Corey is here. Hi, Dom. Hi, I've been saying elegiac this whole time, and now I feel foolish. Well, yeah, you were doing better than me. Um, I just came across it and didn't know how to even get my mouth around it. Elegiac or elegiac. How are you? I'll just never use that word again. (laughs) I'm great, thanks. How are you? Good. Should we be excited about another Indiana Jones movie? Well, yeah. I've been talking to some people who didn't even know this film existed, and it's been 15 years since the last one, in which he was already quite old. (laughs) And that that 2008 Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which was the fourth one, the the one they you know, came back 15 years after the, yeah, 20 years after the previous one. Uh, Steven Spielberg did not direct this one, which is a huge cause for alarm for yeah. me because he made the other four. Yeah. And this one is directed by James Mangold, who made Logan and Ford versus Ferrari, and he's kind of a big, a big AAA Hollywood director. Um, so I was a little bit cautious going into this. I saw it on Wednesday night. It comes out in theaters next week. And I had a good time with it. But I wasn't sort of expecting too much. And I think that might be key here. Um, if, if the point of it is to send him off on a more dignified note than the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, uh, then it's achieved that. And I'm glad that there's this other film that is the final Indiana Jones film. Uh-huh. Um, what was Crystal Skull like? Terrible. Oh, really? Yeah, famously bad, uh. just really awful, uh, CGI overload, um, crazy character decisions, and Shia LaBeouf style to look like Marlon Brando in The Wild One. Uh-huh. Uh, so so the le- the world of legacy sequels, you know, these, these huge properties yeah. that we grew up on, and then they're like, oh, there's some more money to be wrung mm-hmm. out of that. Let's roll them out again. I, it's forced me to become kind of cynical about this sort of thing. So yeah. I was, as I said, I wasn't super amped for this new Indiana Jones film, but I had a good time with it. It's it's a bit more modest than a lot of films like this, which I think is the right thing to do. There's an emphasis on kind of a bit more ground level action. It's not you know a talky uh, uh, drawing room drama or anything like that. But it's it's not you know there's this big is better mentality that, that rules modern blockbusters, and they've they've fought against that a little bit here. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is in this as Harrison <laughs> Ford's granddaughter. She, she's kind of my biggest issue with the film. I'm not quite sure why her character did half the things she did. Mm-hmm. She's an engaging screen presence, yeah. and she has some, some interesting chemistry with Harrison Ford, but I think all the things that went wrong with this film are centered around her. Uh, but as a nostalgic experience, I, I enjoyed it, and I think it's a, it's a nice, you know, Harrison Ford is 81 now. He was 79 or so when he shot this. And so how, how, how many more times can someone like that, you know, be punching people? Well, that's what they, they asked in that. 2008. Exactly. They were making jokes about how he was a bit creaky then. So they do address that a bit here, and it, I think it honors the character and it's just a nice little movie. I, I did feel the absence of Steven Spielberg in the action scenes. He just has a a preternatural ability to stage things in the most engaging way possible. Mm. And James Mangold doesn't quite have that. I think Spielberg, he, he, he constructs action scenes in his dreams. You know, he just, the way he positions the camera and the way he edits action scenes, is just nobody else can do it like him. So I missed that a little bit. But the action's not bad. Mads Mikkelsen is the villain. He's a kind of based on that Nazi who went on to run the American space program, mm-hmm. 
and so the Nazis are the bad guys in this. <laughs> and maybe that's why Steven Spielberg didn't make it because he, after Schindler's List, he said he didn't want to make films, sort of frivolous films with Nazis as comic book villains. And Raiders of the Lost Ark was Nazi villains, yeah. right? And yeah. so was Last Crusade, uh-huh. the first and the third one, and okay. now the fifth one as well. But uh, yeah, it didn't completely blow me away, but I think it's a nice, as I said, a nice dignified um, grace note for the character. Um, I, I found myself wishing they just made a couple more in the 90s when he was still young. Some, uh, just hearing you talk about Steven Spielberg, who I'm not an expert in at all, but I heard someone the other day saying part of his genius was his ability to, his eye for domestic things, for tiny domestic personal things in amongst his huge blockbusters. Yeah, totally. The, some key moments in Jaws, you know, when Roy Scheid is at the table and he's doing these things with his fingers and then mm. his son is... Um, sort of following him. Yeah, totally. E.T., always... e. which is about a solo mum as much as anything. Yeah, yeah that sort of uh, – we almost uh, – American suburbia has kind of been defined by Spielberg huh. with those 80s movies, the big land development movies, you know, the, the sprawling suburbs. Yeah. He, he's, he's a modern Norman Rockwell in that sense. Wow. Um, a question for you. Is there any actor in Hollywood who would say no – to a sequel of a blockbuster movie if um, they're offering enough money. Does that sentence make sense? I think I know what you're saying. I, I do think some people... I mean, Harrison Ford went back to play Han Solo. Yeah, he, he did say no to Indiana Jones for a long time, I think. Eventually he relented. Uh, I couldn't give you an example right now did of someone I see who Dan, has integrity. But... Did I see Dan Aykroyd post a Ghostbusters logo on Twitter the other day? Is he coming back to Ghostbusters? If you ask Dan Aykroyd, the answer is always yes. Oh, they're always yeah, still working on it. But they are actually they did they made that reboot a couple of weeks ago, a couple of years ago, um, Ghostbusters Afterlife, in which he had a cameo, oh, and yeah. they are currently shooting a sequel to that. And okay. I'm sure Dan Aykroyd is involved right. on some level. But yeah, a classic example of a legacy sequel where it, it it relies upon your warm feelings inside to get you to the cinema, but I didn't think Ghostbusters Afterlife was very good at all. Bill Murray. Maybe the follow-up Bill would Murray wouldn't do Ghostbusters again, no matter how much you offered him. He sure. was in Ghostbusters oh, Afterlife. Okay. Yeah. A, a, a really, it was a really painful cameo, though. Uh, but maybe not now, because he's you know got himself in a bit of trouble. Um, has he? Yeah, that. he's... he's uh, he got uh, acting inappropriately on set. He's always famously been an a-hole, but it's just we just don't tolerate that anymore, and uh-huh. fair enough. And he and he sort of has mucked around on sets for a long time, yeah. and uh, the mentality in Hollywood, the, 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 the vibe there is that if you're the leading man, you can do whatever you want for a very long time, and that's finally coming to an end. And people like Bill Murray, who've just sort of thought it was hilarious this whole time, um, uh, being called to account a bit more. Gosh, that's interesting. He I hasn't thought. been fully cancelled, but <laughs> but he, he uh, a film he was working on did get shut down after Gosh. he... Um, touched a female co-star in a way that she was not comfortable wow. with. Wow, okay. And he, thought, and he was just, oh, we're just playing silly buggers. This yeah. is the way we've always done yeah. it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a slow, weird, awkward reckoning, but stuff like that shouldn't be Totally missed that. Um, I love Jennifer Lawrence. I haven't seen enough of her movies, but whenever I see her in something, I just love her Silver Linings Playbook. What else have I seen her in? can't remember. American <laughs> Hustle. This looks like it was... This role looks like it was built for her. It, it essentially was. This is a new comedy called No Hard Feelings, uh, marketed as a sex comedy. She plays a, a cash-strapped woman who accepts a, 
an ad from uh, a response to an ad from some helicopter parents who are concerned that their 19-year-old college-bound son hasn't had enough life experience, and they want him to sort of spend time with a, a woman and learn about the birds and the bees and stuff like that. Hollywood just stopped making comedies at some point, so I'm so glad that this film exists. Especially, you know, bawdy, raunchy comedies. Uh, films are so sexless these days. <laughs> and uh, but, the, but so much violence. Yeah, That's such an American thing, right? You look at TV shows. They've always been more okay with violence than sex, but even the big action films used to be violent. They're not anymore. Uh-huh. Um, you know, a lot of the big mainstream cinema has gotten very homogenized. This film was is structured around Jennifer Lawrence, and it's an ode to her appeal. She plays uh, a brash character, and she, she's lit just amazingly. She just <laughs> looks phenomenal in this. It's it reminds me of a time when some movies used to exist just as a, a an ode to a certain actor yeah. and, and their charms, both you know personality wise and physically. And, yeah. and this is an example of that. And so what I welcome ex- that. What would be a previous example of that? What are we talking about here? Well, there's all sorts of 86 comedies. You know, you right. could say that Risky Business was structured around the appeal of Tom Cruise. Uh-huh. You know, just um, films used to be hornier, is what I'm saying. <laughs> and and that's and it's and something's been lost with that going away. So I welcome <laughs> no hard feelings. This is a hot take from Dom Corey on the afternoons today. I love it, Dom. I, I, I I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels this way. Uh, <laughs> You're thinking like weird science and most of the well, '80s movies. Weird science has, has aged <laughs> poorly, but um, but you know, um, Basic Instinct. You know, so mm. much of that film was just about being in awe of Sharon Stone. Yeah. Uh, maybe a bad example again, okay. uh, but but films used to just kind of, uh, or not used to. I used to enjoy the way some films would would just worship a, a leading person. Yeah, you know, Ten starring Bo Derek, yeah, stuff like that. These are these are weird examples. Um, <laughs> no hard feelings. Yeah, it's. I enjoyed it for, for the reasons you I described. It's because your brain doesn't have time to watch the whole film in your head to check for problematic scenes before you endorse yeah, it. Yeah, I'm wondering It's a problem I'm of being a, a film critic in 2023 and being put on the spot by your presenter, so I apologise. No, no, it's, it's, it's our dynamic. I like it. Um, <laughs> no Hard Feelings is good. It's just good. It's not great. It didn't. I didn't guffaw. I thought the funniest scenes were in the trailer. Uh, I, I, I almost wish that... It was a bit more committed to bringing back those bawdy, raunchy comedies. It, it sort of does that for the first half hour, 45 minutes, and then it stops and goes, actually, we do care about the way people feel <laughs> and feelings and things that are appropriate and not appropriate. Yeah. So I, thought if, I sort of thought it... It, it needs it, to let us know that it knows yeah, that it, times have changed. I felt it undercut itself a little bit in that regard. But at the same time, I celebrate a big uh, movie star-led comedy in cinemas, which is just a rare thing these days. And so that's no hard feelings. And uh, my son uh, has seen the billboards. He might be the only New Zealander excited about Transformers Rise of the Beasts. He hasn't seen any of the movies, but it's a big billboard with lots of Transformers on it. So he's cool. Oh, cool. Well, he hasn't seen any of them. How old is he? Seven. Oh, right. Okay. Maybe we went to um, Spider-Man No Way, whatever it's called, last weekend. I took all the kids to that and, um, and across the Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, this one, this Transformers film, was set in the nineties. There were the first five Transformers movies that Michael Bay directed. They're all bombastic and big, ridiculous and huge films. 
And then they did a prequel a few years ago called Bumblebee, set in the 80s, which was quite Spielbergian, just to bring it full circle. It had a real E.T. vibe to it. It was about a young girl trying to hide this robot in her house. And that was the first Transformers movie where I was like, okay, they're actually doing something nice and interesting here, and it's not just about trucks flying through the air. Um, And so this is a follow-up to that film, and I was hoping it would have a bit more of those vibes in it. It sort of doesn't. (laughs) <laughs> but it's perfectly fine for what it is. I think uh, seven-year-olds will lap it up. It's it's not an interesting film, but it's a it's a uh, well-executed film. And and yeah, people. It's so hard to know what to say about the Transformers movies. They're they're like a big exception to the to the rules that stories should have things that actually happen in them and the characters <laughs> and stuff. So I didn't. I, I enjoyed. Rise of the Beast, some inspiration taken from this 90s show called Beast Wars that has a lot of fans and inspired a cool New Zealand band. And, uh, yeah, Rise of the Beasts, I was entertained, but it's highly unmemorable. Okay, thank you. Um, I asked you to give me an example of a film that just kind of celebrated and was in love with its lead actress usually. Um, someone on tech suggests every Marilyn Monroe movie. Yeah, yeah, she definitely uh, made a few that were structured around um, that. I mean, we, we're in an era where images are a dime a dozen. And, mm-hmm. and do you remember when you used to get movie novelizations and they'd have on the front, they say, eight pages of full-color photos mm-hmm. inside. And so the, the idea of sort of seeing people we like is not as much of a treat anymore. But no. I, but I, I, as I said, I, I fondly recall that style of film. Yeah. And I like that No Hard Feelings does a great job of just presenting Jennifer Lawrence in all her splendor. I interviewed a rock photographer who he took um, some of the famous shots of, you remember the George Michael Faith um, mm-hmm, photo mm-hmm. shoot? He says the difference back then was uh, an artist would only have two photo shoots a year, one for the album and, and one maybe extra kind of set of photographs so if you wanted to see George Michael that was the photo you got yeah and now of course you get uh, an image a day on their totally. Instagram and Google Images has ruined movies yeah well Dom Corey thanks so much thanks Jesse talk to you soon uh, Indiana Jones and the Doll of Destiny No Hard Feelings and Transformers Rise of the Beasts